So you've been given this system which is designed around a very different sort of, or a, a fairly different process, uh, and need to go like cut out the stuff that doesn't apply. So I have all of these scripts, and I'm I'm pretty you know I feel pretty confident that you know none of the I don't know let's say twenty of them are used in in the configuration should be safe to prune yes should being of course the operative word okay yeah yeah but also this is on the running system this is like there's only one system there's no other way to do it so it's 4 p.m uh the daily the nightly batch job is going to start running in a few hours and you're sitting at the console logged in and you're like all right i can do this essentially the order of operations as i understood it is move the files wait to see if anything explodes uh, and then go home. So okay. I move the files yeah. and and everything's quiet. I'm like, okay, cool. This is okay. this, this seems good. I mean I was I was expecting precisely nothing to happen anyway, and it looks like nothing happened. So great. You know, I go home, I you know, whatever, I go to bed. I get up the next morning and I take a look at my phone and notice that basically everything's on fire. <laughs> okay. Howdy folks. Uh, welcome back to the War Stories podcast on Critical Point. Uh, I'm Kevin Riggle. We are here with Julia Lunetta to talk about that time she broke production, because that is what we do here, is tell incident <laughs> stories in public. Um, there's not really a, a lot of preamble since the last time, uh, since last episode. Uh, we are still available everywhere you get your podcasts at warstories.criticalpoint.tv, uh, as well as on YouTube. Uh, but uh, with all that said, we will uh, roll the titles and kick off. Once again, the Critical Point podcast, uh, the War Stories podcast, Critical Point with Julia Lunetta. Uh, Julia, uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, how you found yourself in a place to break production? <laughs> sure thing. So uh, I'm currently a, uh, a scrum master uh, for a large financial company, um, but I have bounced around between uh, like HR tech, um, you know, uh, briefly worked for a company that did uh, software development for online poker and casino uh, and all the way back to uh, the investment side of the financial industry, which is my, which was my first uh, real job out of college, uh, which is when, which is where I broke production. Okay. Uh, so uh, this was a, this was a 529 company. Uh, I, I don't know what how does that mean. What is that? So five twenty nines are uh, tax tax free or tax advantaged uh, uh, investment plans, specifically for uh, like uh, education expenses, usually okay. for colleges or college college savings or, or, Okay, yeah, exactly. exactly. I thought that was what that was, but I yeah, okay. No, it, it's cool. fine. They're between the, the the numbers and the jargon in the financial industry. I I, I should know better, but I, I clearly don't. Four hundred one k. 5013C blah 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 like it's just it's just alphabet soup yeah okay so company whose whose product was uh selling these tax advantage college savings education savings plans and doing the investment behind them yes uh, and so um the part that where i came in um was there was a uh, a, a whole automation engine that has been pieced together uh as best I could, like I, I don't want to quite say by hand, but it was, it was a heavily hacked version of a uh, of some system monitoring software called Mon, which I had never heard of before and have never heard of since. So, you know, I, I apologize if if you know the creator of Mon is listening. Uh, M O N, M O N, as in Mon Itor. Yeah. Okay. But not Mana, um, which is what but, I've worked with. So okay, it's yeah. The, this is why we syntax, don't let engineers name the, things. The config syntax is in M4, which was one of the things that oh. made it memorable. I why why do I know send mail? Why have I worked send mail? 
Oh god, yes, that might be why I know it. That, that's usually where M4 comes in. Make wasn't also using M4. Something, some like old school Unix tool also, besides SendMail, I thought also used M4. I just, I have this memory of editing a file once that was in this format and having, and, and all, all that is left is just a sort of like, uh, like ashen taste in my mouth. So. <laughs> That okay, right. great. So, so mon is this configure or is this monitoring tool? You configure it using yes. M4, just like SendMail. Um, yeah, and best uh, I, I'm getting the impression that this is the best software that like 1996 could uh, could produce. Because maybe what year I mean this was this? this would have been 2004, 2005. So okay, I mean, but it yeah. still could have been the best that 96 had to offer, and yeah, because it was yeah. uh, I. Actually, I'm not sure if it was open source or not, but I, like I said, I know I know we had hacked it to hell and back so that it 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 started out as a, as monitoring software, and we turned it into basically this uh, this automation engine with you know any number of di different dependencies to make sure that the different uh, financial processes happened on time. Yeah, so each dependency would be something like. You know, is it happening in the, the proper time? So, you know, if you say, you know, feed X is only supposed to happen between 4 p.m. and 8 p.m. on Tuesdays, you know, it checks that. And then if it's within that period, it, it'll return a zero, which means go, or it'll return a one, which means don't. And basically, you can line up as many of these as you want. And once everything across the board is zero, has returned a zero in the last, uh, I think we generally set it to like everything would run through every five minutes. Um, that if, if everything was green, then the actual action would kick off. Okay. Oh, um, so, so sorry, just backing up a, a sec because mm -hmm. I'm trying to make this a general audience podcast. Yes, yeah. Um, and so, okay. So, um, also, can you say the name of the company, uh, or is that not something uh, you sure. want? Sure. Yeah, I, I, okay. I'm not sure what the what the uh, this was. You promise investments. Oh, okay. Cool. Which was okay. Uh, which I, I guess if we're giving the full context was. The was sort of being spun off from the the you promise that if people know the name, you know, from seeing it in in, in like shop uh, supermarket aisles and things like that, you know, on on grocery carts and everywhere. Um, so yeah, so they had this engine had been put together in the early days of you promise to handle all of their transactions around you know tracking uh, you know customer loyalty stuff, and they basically just took it, you know, uh, intact copied it over to a different stack of boxes and said, here's your automation engine for, for running investments. I was the second engineer they hired to do this. Got it. Okay. On the, you promise investment side. Yes. Okay. Uh, and I was just out of college. Um, this was, nice. so like I said, this is my first real job out of, yeah. out of college. Um, my degree is in women's studies. Okay. Um, Great. And I haven't, I, I never actually in my college career took a CS class. Okay. Um, but like ever, ever since I was, I don't know, eight, nine, 10, I was like messing around with computers and, yep. um, you know, hacked auto exec bat and config sys to, to bits to, so to get my little like 386 to play wing commander or whatever it was. MS DOS. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember DOS, those days. Know, remember when windows was just an app that you ran on DOS? Yes, those, I do. Those were yes. I remember running out of IRQs. <laughs> Don't miss them. Oh yeah, yeah. Having to yeah, having to manually configure, you know, the uh you know, the the sound cards and, and everything else, you know, IRQ, DMA, yep. and oh god, why do I still remember this stuff? Right, right, right. Um so okay, so you were self-taught. I mean, like one of my my first bosses and uh, you know, one of you know, a great engineer I know was like a Russian studies uh major. And like I, there in that era, it was like so many of us were self-taught. You know, CS was a piece of the puzzle, but you weren't going to necessarily learn software engineering from that either. And so, yeah, the only way you really learned that was apprenticeship and trial and error. Basically. Um, so yeah, okay. So so you're fresh out of school. You uh, with all of this practical hands-on experience, you're like, I can, I can, I got this. <laughs> well, it was it what. It was great because when I was hired, the um, the person who was my manager initially um, in the interview process um, just I, and I, I will I remember this you know clear clear as day um, you know he sort of like you know talk me through 
you know, a troubleshooting uh, uh, example you had, because I, I, I had mentioned that, I mean, basically my most recent job at that point was uh, I had been a user assistant in college. So, you know, basically tech support for fellow students. Um, and so, you know, dealing with everything from like, I can't print to anything and everything else. I mean, the, the one, um, the, the example I gave was, uh, a person who came in and, uh, her desktop was, um, it was basically complaining. It wasn't finding the OS. I used to remember the specific. No boot disk found. Yes. Uh, that was it. Yes. Still uh, the same error message. I got it like six months ago and I was... <laughs> some things never change. No. Fortunately or unfortunately. Um, and anyway, I, to skip ahead, this is not this is not the story I'm trying to tell. Right. Um, basically, she'd had this this machine forever, and the the CMOS battery had died. Oh, okay. So there we it was, go. So it was a process of like through I think three or four visits of like you know oh this happened again that's weird oh yeah okay because um, you know right. the first time it's like oh, all right well all right go into go into CMOS and then. Set the drive set the time. or whatever else, and, and yep. then you're, yeah. yeah, and then go. Oh, there we go, yeah. But it took a couple times to sort of figure out what was actually going on. Yeah, and so for folks who have never opened up their computers before, uh, uh, yes. when your computer is <laughs> off and unplugged, uh, it still needs to keep the time. Even if it's even if it doesn't have a, a battery in it, like a laptop or whatever. Exactly, yeah. Um, and so even in your desktop, there is a tiny little coin cell uh, whose job is just to keep the clock running so yeah, if the battery in your desktop dies sufficiently hard, then the BIOS will lose all its settings. Uh, so should you find yourself in that situation, go uh, you, and you have an older desktop. Uh, uh, now you you have a guess as to what's going on and can go in, and it's a you know it's like a three dollar part from the yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's hardware essentially store. the same kind of uh, coin cell you know you think of as a watch battery or exactly so okay so that was so that was the story that you told in your interview yeah. that you promised and uh, yes and and the the manager was was impressed and and Good. said okay you know and the the line that I remember that he said was basically um, I don't care if you know this stuff I can teach you this stuff yes I want to know you know how to think yes yes. And I've I've never forgotten that, and I've I generate like I've it's it's stuck with me, yeah. you know, ever from two thousand whatever all the way through. Yeah, that was a lot of my early interviews too. That was kind of I mean that was kind of the philosophy. I was getting hired for this internship with the Russian studies uh, guy around the same time, and that was kind of his same uh, philosophy was not so much that like you've ever done anything like that before, because at that point I had had you know I had not had a full-time dev job. This was my, like, I was a freshman and I was looking for an internship. Um, and, but for him, it was like, you know, yeah, are you adaptable? Can you, um, yeah, can you, can you, can you learn? Can you be taught? And yeah. Um, cool. So you, you, he brought you on kind of as an apprentice then. Basically. Yeah. Cool. Uh, and and I was apprenticing under the the first engineer that had been hired. Okay, there we go. For, Great. For, uh, okay, he's like, I need a minion. <laughs> yeah, basically. Cool. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you were racking and stacking servers at this point. I think that was what I. Not quite. Uh, we had uh, so I was a feed engineer, and we also had uh, sysadmins and uh, network admins and. Between those two, they generally would handle like the actual physical racking and cabling of boxes. Um, but I, actually, as part of that job, I did occasionally, you know, have to go into a data center and like pull backup tapes. Okay, you know, yeah. Again, yes. speaking of stuff that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It yes. was a while ago. So okay, so there was a there was an ops organization, and then you were on this sort of dev site, and you said, and a feed engineer. I'm guessing that that's like the financial feeds. Um... Yeah. So essentially. Um, how, so we had, you know, all the different dependencies and everything else that lined up. And then the action that would actually get kicked was lit by, by Mon was just a shell script. And the shell script would have, you know, some basic environment setting stuff in it, and then would run, uh, the relevant bit of Java code that Java developers had provided to so, us. So what I think I've taken from this is that Mon is basically, it's like a web service. No, it was, it. 
uh, web service came later. This was, I mean, I guess it had a web interface, but. But did you control it via the web interface or was the web interface more like about. The web interface was mostly keep, you know, check on things and like you could, um, you could mute alerts and things like that. Okay. But um, actually changing the configuration you had to do at the command line, digging digging through M4. Digging through M4, digging through the configuration files. Okay. Mon is a service then. It's got a web front end, but it's running effectively. I don't know. There's like a process running on the server, which is almost like a, it's sort of like a fancier version of Cron, which is the like scheduler program, which lets you run tasks at scheduled times or scheduled intervals. So it sounds like it's a slightly fancier version of that. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, all, and, and so, you know, like I said, we have the basic dependencies, like, you know, is it during, you know, the stated period of the feed? Um, okay. you know, is the feed manually held? You know, if it's been manually held, okay. then it shouldn't run no matter what. So what are the what are these feeds? So the feeds would be so each of the actions had a verb, and the feeds all had specific verbs that were send, load, and run. So what send would do is generate a file on disk from data in the database. Load would basically do the opposite of that: take a file, take take a file on disk and read it into the database. And run was just some kind of daemon that would move data around within the database. Got it. Okay. And what kinds of data are you moving around? Uh basically anything and everything you would need for to to run a 529 so you know okay. i What's that? this was this was um like like sarbanes oxley was pretty new if i remember correctly at this point okay yep bank information you know names addresses phone numbers the kids names and ages and oh so this is information related to like your operations it's related to the the customers of the 529 plan so i was imagining that this was like market data feeds or something you know like <laughs> Here's all the trades coming through on NYSA, um, the New York Stock Exchange. But instead, it sounds like this is more sort of your backend related stuff. Uh, were you moving money uh, around using this system? Like, for example, like, uh, you know, here are all the transactions, you know, here are all the payouts that we need to make via ACH by the automated exactly. warehouse system. Oh, so that was one of the things. Okay. Yeah, it was, it was, it was that kind of thing, um, you know, deposits, withdrawals. Um, oh, okay. You know, rollovers from, say, the Upromis loyalty accounts to the Upromis investment accounts. Okay. Um, okay. Tons and tons of reporting, okay. as you might imagine. Yeah, um, yeah. I, like, the reporting and the compliance work is far more complicated and onerous, in my experience, than the actual, you know, moving money around bits. It's like, uh, moving money is easy, convincing yourself that you haven't moved it to the wrong place, and that... Uh, if you have debited it from one place, you have credited it to the other place and aren't going to, you know, uh, have it double, you know, double counted something somewhere. Like all of that is, that's all the work of finance. Moving money is the easy part. That's literally just like, a, you know, uh, one line in a database table somewhere. So, yep. yeah. Yep. So this is the brains of the operation. Like this thing running in Mon is like all of the business operations backend. The business operations backend, the uh, the reporting backend in a lot of cases, and also we had a, a sort of sister image of Mon that was basically doing all the alerting. So all you know, all it's you know is is a thing running late? Is it is, has it not run for whatever reason? Has something failed? If the nicely ACH batch doesn't go out, uh, or if it goes out but you don't get the confirmation back in a timely fashion, like that is something that somebody needs to be paged for. How it generally worked is if I was on call, I was getting paged and then I would end up calling, you know, Mellon Bank or SunGuard or Vanguard or whoever and be like, you know, you you owe us this file, you know, or, uh, you know, hey, I know we are supposed to send you this file, but it's running late because of XYZ. You can expect to receive it whenever. So these are like your the banks who you're working with, who you have your accounts with. So you have their like their like operations people on speed dial. Uh <laughs> Yeah, I, I got I got to I became uh, I wouldn't say friends, but certainly like first name colleagues with a number of people. Especially um, when I started, I was working uh, from three p.m. to eleven p.m. Okay. So like the overnight person, I got I I got yeah. to know pretty well. Oh, fascinating. Um, okay. The three to eleven thing was basically because uh, all of the day end transactions had to be in by. I think it like the the nightly cycle as as it was called started at like I think eight eight thirty something like that, and that was basically to do 
all of the processing to then have trades go into the market first thing the next morning. This explains to me a little bit, you know, so I'm kind of a night owl and uh, maybe very a night owl. And I will often like realize that I need to move some money around or whatever, log into a financial uh, account at like 11 p.m. or maybe 1 a.m. or maybe later. And I will, less so these days, but still on a somewhat regular basis, encounter a, we're sorry, the, our systems are down between, you know, 10 p.m. and 6 a.m. Please come back at a more reasonable hour. And I'm always annoyed by that, uh, not least because I, you know, my background is at places like Akamai, where like, we can't just be like, ah, we're, we're very sorry, the internet is off between. We're just going to turn the web off for, for a few hours. Turn the web just, off you know, for a few hours, yes. Um, Akamai, a big content distribution network. We were responsible yes. when I worked there for about a quarter of the traffic on the web. Okay, so you've got this backend system, which is responsible for really all of the operations. You're on the phone on nights when the files don't come through, which are, I, I assume, like being FTP'd from point A to point B. Um, FTP, uh, SFTP, FTPS. Oh, Yep. Um, SCP was still like a new thing. I don't want to say new and scary, but it was definitely yeah. like it was it was just starting to be a thing. Yep. Yep. Yeah. These are all methods for moving files around computers. FTP is maybe the oldest one. Uh, it's not very secure. That's right. In fact, no. it's not secure at all. Not. It's also kind of a bad design in a lot of ways. And so we've been trying to push people to things that have security baked in like SCP and SFTP, but it's been a long road. Um, I think the financial industry has finally all moved over to at least SFTP. Um, Working in finance, which I am now again, feels decidedly different than it did, you know, low those many years ago. Uh, largely along those kind of lines where, you know, like regulation and oversight and, and like, not only needing to be like, yes, we've checked X, Y, Z, but proving that, you know, it's, it would be at worst, highly improbable, if not impossible to, to do X, Y, Z bad thing, you know? All right. So, uh, we've got backend operation system. It's responsible for moving like hundreds of thousands of dollars, millions of dollars around. Yeah. It, it was, it became millions pretty quickly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, actually, it became, what am I saying? It became billions pretty quickly yeah. with millions of customers okay yeah during the time great. i was there so great okay and uh it's running on some servers that the ops folks have put together and when you're making changes to how stuff runs are you like how much of a change management process is well no actually i'm, I'm getting ahead of myself i'm getting <laughs> ahead of you so what was the first thing you noticed we've got this context we know where yes. you are what was the first thing you noticed uh so uh one of the first sort of projects or tasks I should say I was given as a new hire was basically so yeah we copied everything over from the you promise loyalty stuff there's a bunch of stuff in here that got copied over that we don't need like you know I I think there's various things about like checking validity of like gross like grocery shopper cards or whatever and like okay the investment side doesn't need to deal with any of that okay because uh, i've forgotten now what was you promise loyalty that was the original you promise and i forget what the business model was so the business model was you sign up for uh, a you promise account and register like your credit cards debit cards etc and then when you buy uh coca-cola or or huggies or you know some name brand item some percentage you know two to five or 10 or whatever, depending on, you know, uh, whatever the customer wanted to pay, uh, some percentage of that money would go into a savings account, which was not a 529, but was just, uh, and then eventually you could roll that over into the 529 when that became a thing. Oh, that's right. So you promised was the first sort of like save the change program. Not save the change in terms of like, you know, we're going to like, you know, if you spent $3 and 68 cents, we're going to add the extra 32 cents. This was, you know, just a, a fixed percentage of however much you'd spent on a, on a grocery bill. Oh, and so there you needed like people's bank feeds to come in so you could figure out how yes, much. That, to... that was the, that's why the, the card registration and such had it happen. Got it. Okay. I remember seeing that. I remember being like under no circumstances. I'm like giving you all my, my entire financial information. And like, how are y'all making money on the back end? Some of it was, uh, information i believe i remember hearing like full cart data or full cart something being 
talk about a lot. So basically, like, not only are you buying Coke, but you're buying, you know, all these other products. Good data to tell them people who shop at Target also shop at, yeah. I don't know, then the 529 savings plan stuff was spinning out of that. Were these separate legal entities or? It became a separate, um, it, it became a separate legal entity. But eventually it got spun off and bought by Sally Mae. Uh, oh, interesting. Yeah, in the tale, the last couple of my years there, not a fan, but anyway. So you've been given this system, which is designed around a very different sort of, or a, a fairly different process, uh, and need to go, like, cut out the stuff that doesn't apply to the 529s. So I have all of these scripts, and I'm, I'm pretty, you know, I feel pretty confident that, you know, none of the, I don't know, let's say 20 of them are used in in the configuration, so they they should be good to just get moved. These should be safe to should be safe to prune. Okay, should be safe to exactly. move move out. Okay, yes. cool. Yes, should being of course the operative word. Right. Yes. Uh, so like I, I I was trying to be you know you talk about the change control thing. I mean there was there was no formal change control by any means, but I was trying to be very very conscious about it. Like, okay, here's the list I've got. You know uh, I've run the test a couple times and it, it's still coming giving the same values. Um. You know, so here's the list, you know, can, so, you know, I'm, I'm putting this in a ticket that, you know, everybody can read and, but, okay, here's the list, please, can somebody who, you know, has more familiarity with the inner workings of the system than I do, double check this to make sure I'm not doing anything colossally stupid. Right. Yeah. Okay. I phrased it a little better at the time, but you get the point. Yeah. That was certainly the, that was certainly the intent. The sentiment, yes. Yes. Um, so, you know, a couple days go by and I don't hear anything and I, and I, at one point I, I, poke my um i post the the first engineer was hired who was my who became my boss um like hey you know i i'm i think we're good to move these things out but you know i just want to confirm you've looked at the list right this is this is all good it's like yeah yeah it's fine it don't worry about it go ahead and so again i'm trying to be like super super careful I'm like okay i'm gonna you know i think i was like oh it's four o'clock today i'm gonna move these things out and you know and then this was like two hours in advance or however long like I was trying, I was trying to be super careful. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But also this is on the running system. This is like, there's only one system. There's no other way to do it. I mean, it, because the files are all there on, I mean, we had a staging box and a, and a production box. Um, and I mean, this was all, you know, we, we were basically running this whole thing on, I think a grand total of four Solaris boxes when I started. Um, they eventually got upgraded to Linux. Okay. Ooh, yes. Well, when you're interacting with, you know, third-party systems, and a lot of them, it sounds like, and you're, you know, orchestrating them, and you can write a test suite for that up to a point, but ultimately, like, the only fully complete and correct model of, you know, BNY Mellon servers is BNY Mellon servers. So, like, you are gonna find some things out face first, whether you want to or not. Um, and there's only so much you can test ahead of time. So, okay. So it's 4 p.m. Uh, the daily, the nightly batch job is going to start running in a few hours, and you're sitting at the console, logged in. And you're like, "All right, I can do this. I'm gonna." Yeah. So this was, yeah, I was still working days at that point to get up to speed because I was going to do it for, and then the idea was I'd I'd be leaving, you know, an hour or so after that. Essentially, the order of operations, as I understood it, is move the files, wait to see if anything explodes. Uh, and then go home. So okay, I move the files. Yeah. I, I I put in the I put in the ticket. Like I'm moving the files right now. I move the files. I put in the ticket. I just move the files. I'm I'm watching my inbox to see if you know alerts start going off or anything else. And and everything's quiet. I'm like okay, cool. This is okay. this. Yeah, this seems good. I mean, I was I was expecting precisely nothing to happen anyway, and it looks like nothing happened. So great. Okay. Yeah. Great. Uh. So, you know, I go home, I, you know, whatever, I go to bed, I get up the next morning and I take a look at my phone, uh, or whatever, I don't remember, whatever device I was using at the time that right. access work mail, right. um, and notice that basically everything's on fire. <laughs> okay. Ah. So I log on from home and I'm like, oh shit, what happened? You know, what what did I do? What right. what possibly is going on? And when you say that everything's on fire, it's like your your inbox is full of people being like, "Hey, this thing didn't run last night. Why didn't this run last night?" Or 
Yes, but not um, some of that and tons of messages from my fellow ops people basically like, it looks like none of the overnight stuff ran. What happened? We need to run all of it now manually step by step because it's all way out of the normal period. Okay. And so by on fire, I mean, uh, I remember, I think just about the entire ops team was actively working this, like running. It's like, okay, I've run this. Okay, wait for that to finish. Okay, now you run this. And it was it was like a like a tiger team, all hands on deck kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. And so I log on, think you know, and think, oh my god, what did I do? What did I do? Yeah, yeah. Fuck, um, this is my fault. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I and I was uh, and I talked with uh, one of the senior people who was doing most of the firefighting. I was like, I I don't understand what happened. Like. It, it looked like everything was fine. You know, I, I gave it time. I, I looked and nothing was happening. And uh, basically there was one tiny shell script uh, that, if I remember correctly, was called Task. Okay. <laughs> Task consisted, if I remember correctly, of a single line that was uh i think it was echo dollar sign star so it just would uh repeat out whatever uh uh command line arguments you'd passed it and it would just spit that out to standard out or or the command line or what have you right and so you know i remember looking at this at the time so i was i went through and looked at like the ones i'm moving i'm like right you know this okay this this is a grocery thing that does. We don't obviously don't need that. Right. You know, it looks like we're not using this anymore. It looks like, okay, this, I don't, this isn't, this obviously isn't anything. What is this doing? Yeah. Um. Somebody left in some debug code, maybe. Yeah. Like, or like, you know, I figured it was, yeah, something like that, or like a test action or yeah, something like that, that yeah, was, you know, yeah. from ages ago. Cause it was, uh, I'm trying to remember if they're like, no, I was going to say like that it was dated however old, but I, I don't actually remember that for sure. Um, but anyway, it turns out that that file, uh, is basically what makes Mon actually do anything in, in our, in the way we'd hacked it to hell and back. Right. Because like I said, it's not normally supposed to do a thing. It normally would just like send an email. Okay. You know, or, or like display on the web thing, you know, this thing is now, you know, red as opposed to green or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Um, mm. So, what was happening is the dependencies were going along their merry way, mm-hmm. but and but whenever it tried to fire an action, it would try to fire it, and it would fail, and it okay. failed silently. Okay. And so, okay. it looked like everything was fine, but nothing was actually happening. Nothing was actually happening. Okay. And. Uh, remember, I said this was Mon was using it. Yeah, yeah. I also I basically took out production and our production monitoring in one fell swoop. Oh, okay. Because those were each Mon instances using a shared file system, so uh, that we could monitor like where where files are and and things like that. Also, because like you know, one box had the ability to touch the database. The other one was the one that would like you know touch external customer systems, so we kept them separate, but. You know, there was still means for uh, accessing stuff. So, the, so, the, so the, there, these two mon instances are running on two separate physical servers. Uh, one of them is responsible for uh, doing the work, and the other is responsible for like sending out notifications, like paging people if the files don't come through or whatever. But they're both using a shared file system under the on the back end for all of the tasks. Uh, mm-hmm. And because this task shell script is critical path in some way to uh, everything that Mon is doing uh, by moving this out of the way, neither of these Mon instances uh, can now do do anything. Yep, they're basically just spinning their wheels. Dead in the water. Okay, okay. They're running through the whole dependency graph, like, just fine to get to the end of it, like, yep, uh... Did it all? Did it all? All completed successfully, boss. I'm gonna. Okay, I'm gonna kick this thing now. Whiff. Okay, I kicked it. Great. Okay. Everything from its perspective, everything looks fine. But, uh, okay. 
and I'm sure the engineer who came up with this, uh, who you may never have met and who might not have worked at the company at the time, felt very satisfied about this clever hack they had come up with. I, yeah, I'm sure it was so, so clever. Anyway, so we ended up cleaning everything up. I'm sure there were I'm sure there were as of trades needed to happen. So, so as of being trades that need to happen after the fact and be dated as of, they'd happened on the original date. Um, and it's generally a bad idea if you're an investment company to make too many of those. Sometimes you can make a little money if, if depending on how the market goes, sort of like a short situation. But you don't want to be relying on that. And, and in general, doing too many of those is a really bad look. It suggests that you don't have your computer systems working properly, which... In this case, we did not. So, and, and I assume that the step two, maybe, uh, was to move that task file back in place once you... Like, yes. Did, yes. Was that a, also, was the task file a thing that you figured out, or was that something that one of the ops people... Like, how, how did stuff get traced back down to this point? So, if I remember correctly, I um, I was talking with the one of the more senior engineers... Um, who was in the process of doing all the firefighting and um, and somehow you know I, I credit uh, credit to him he somehow managed to simultaneously consider c continue firefighting and also talk me down from like holy shit I'm ob I'm obviously gonna get fired yeah okay good good for him give up my lease now because I'm obviously not gonna be able to you know whatever Luke Hankins if you're if you're if you're out there you're good dude. Um, but yeah, he, he's also the one who told me basically, you know, everybody gets one. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah. Like you're, it's going to happen at some point. Uh, so just, yeah, it's about how you respond to it. Yeah. And I, and I ended up in the course of that job, uh, doing a lot of that, basically what that all hands on deck duty. I ended up doing that many, many more times, you know, in, in smaller or larger parts because you know various bits would be delayed by whatever you became luke hankins uh, yes yeah definitely i i be i was i became uh like i said i was there for six six and a half years by the end i was absolutely uh i knew that thing that system inside and out i had personally redone like i did the holiday stuff it was it was a horrific experience but i you know between what i what i learned in the moment and and certainly you know learned and seeing how how other people kind of reacted to it um definitely uh served me well in in that job and 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 since yeah absolutely so what uh, so so like all of the stuff had to be run by hand. Uh, did that mean that like ops engineers were going in and like running the scripts by hand? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, basically going in and running running individual actions to to kick things through faster than Mon would have if it was going to run it at all. Okay. Cuz I don't know about your systems, but I'm imagining some of the like big data systems I've worked with where we're, you know, pulling every day uh, you know, the day's snapshot of, uh, you know, we're like downloading a CSV from somewhere, you know, for that day and, up, you know, loading it into a database. Uh, but you have to like, the, the automated system has, you know, more or less ability for you to tell it to actually go rerun that day with that day's argument. And sometimes you just have to go in, you know, log into the box and like run what the monitoring system would have run with the arguments that you want it to have. Uh, because that is just faster and easier than trying to convince the monitoring system that uh, let's just pretend that it's yesterday and then yeah, a lot of that. <laughs> okay, yeah. So you go you go run a bunch of stuff by hand. So you're you're kind of just like acting as the mon system, but you know puppeteering the scripts that the mon system would mm -hmm. run. And then uh, in parallel, you're sort of tracing down like, okay, why was nothing running? Uh, eventually, somebody tracks it back to this task file. Um, were you able to get everything going for the next day before that day's stuff had to go yeah, out? Or? I think if I remember correctly, I think it was done. We were sort of caught up by, I think it was mid late morning. Oh, okay. Um, if I remember correctly, okay. we pushed through and, and yeah, cause I eventually drove in for like the second half of the day or whatever. But I remember like, I 
basically jumped on from home. Like I, I killed everything. Got it. Okay. You have like a, <laughs> are you on a phone bridge or are you on a, um, uh, yeah, yeah. Phone bridge. Uh, and there was, no, it wasn't, um, oh yeah. We, we actually had an internal IRC server. Oh, great. Um, okay. That was That's nice. That was yeah. being used for a lot of the team communication. It was what everybody used before Zoom or before Slack, rather. Slack, um, yeah. I don't know, like a an incident that is, you know, uh, resolved by midday, especially an incident of that magnitude, like or where you're at least into the sort of cleanup phase rather than still sort of like actively firefighting. Like that's like, I mean, it sounds like it was a big deal because it was the, the company's entire operations. But like still, that is that says good things about the ops team and the incident, you know, process and the like culture there that like it was all hands on deck everybody got stuff back and then you were back to like more or less normal operations by the end of the day that's that's impressive yeah i was i've i remember being very impressed with the ops team when i first joined and then you know i i i feel like i i I eventually rose to the occasion did the company do any kind of review like what was sort of the sort of follow-on to that so we the most i remember was um basically getting you know the folks who had been on the phone bridge and and whatever like in a room to just sort of like let's make sure we have you know dotted our t's crossed our eyes etc um you know so i I mean because obviously the task trip had been moved back into place like as soon as people realized that was the issue um and then it was just a matter of like okay how do we get here what could have been done differently maybe what should have been done differently how could we've caught this earlier etc um so you know uh i remember one of my after action items was i put a like five or six line comment at the top of this task file basically saying do not touch this do, do not, not touch it yes. it works it does exactly what it's supposed to do if you don't touch it everything is fine great <laughs> or something yes. to that effect yes, yes. great you know, and documenting some of the intent behind it like yes. and the work that it does yeah yeah <laughs> we did something to sort of further split out production and, and alerting so that it would be a lot harder to take both of them out at once and, and it might it might have just been like Operating the the file system or something like that. I don't remember offhand. Yeah, definitely. Redundant systems are only as redundant as their most common uh, uh, shared or shared state. Um, point of failure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So okay, so splitting splitting out the back end so that um, that was yeah uh, less fate sharing there. Um, Cool. Okay. Any other sort of changes that were made as a result? Oh, actually, well, I mean, this had kind of been an ongoing process, but um, we definitely made sure we had, uh, I mean, not just general documentation on like, how does everything fit together, but like, very specifically, like, here's what has to happen in the in the nightly cycle, step by step, here are the specific actions that need to happen, uh, you know, with notes about like, it needs to happen within this time or what have you. Um, so making sure that it was as clear as possible. That's, you know, when I talk about, um, I, I, my colleagues will know this. I always talk about like, you know, write something like you would have, like you would, would want it to be written if you had to debug it at three in the morning, six months from now. Yep. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Because I've done that. Because you will. Because you will. Yes. And you will thank you of the past. Or hate you of the past in direct proportion to the- yeah, you know, six of one. Yeah. Um cool. Yeah, okay. so that was definitely uh, uh that was another skill I learned was basically like make sure you have um you know, enough of the the overall system flow in your head that you sort of understand where like your piece fits in mm, and how it yeah. you know impacts other stuff or vice versa, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that you know you can sort of Lot, you know, you can kind of line the dominoes up again, as it were, after everything's right. gone blown to hell. Right. We're always like evolving our model of the systems we operate and interact with, and those systems are also themselves always evolving. And so, keeping ourselves in sync with them and uh, 
uh, is a key part of the work. And when the things break, that is the opportunity, you know, that is a sign that some, you know, our mental model of the system and the system itself uh, are out of sync. And uh, the, it sounds like folks were pretty like, I don't know, what we would these days call blameless in the the retrospective, like there wasn't a lot of finger pointing or like, um, uh, yeah, it sounds like they, they, the organization handled that pretty well. Yeah, it was, it was very much the, you know, okay, we know what happened. It's, it's documented basically exactly when it happened. Um, you know, and it was essentially, you know, well, Julia, you know, you, you were obviously trying to be extremely, you, you obviously were being extremely conscientious about this whole thing, but you know, stuff happens anyway. And it was, and again, it was very much the like, you know, everybody gets one. So, you know, you, I know that I was never going to touch that file. Right. I mean, aside, aside yeah. from adding a comment, I was never going to touch it again. Right. Yeah. Um, and well, so, and in fact, you didn't make that mistake again. I, you know. Yeah, I, I didn't. And I mean, nobody else did, at least while, while I was there, you know. Sounds like the organization also like took its own steps. Like it wasn't just you who were responsible for the cleanup, but like some of the the rest of the organization took on work too to like split out the the file system backends and like it was it was a it was a a good group of people to work with you know and you know many of them I've uh I've kept in touch with in in the intervening years and um so yeah and and actually some of them have you know we've kind of followed from one job to another Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, cool. Um, was there anything else that stood out to you about the experience, or that like you feel like you learned, you took away, um, to, uh, you know, later, later, later work? Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say probably the the big one is, um, you know, it, it felt like a very clear object lesson. Uh, of the importance of both positive and negative testing. Mm, okay. So, you know, so not not just not just testing that nothing explodes, but making sure that everything is still happening as it's supposed to. Actually working. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe sticking around a little. Maybe staying a little bit late to like watch the nightly batch job. Yeah. I mean, starting. or even just even just double checking. Like, okay, this thing has this action has run. Did it actually do anything? Oh yeah. You know, if yeah, I. Yeah. If, it right. would have been possible to detect that a lot earlier than, than holy crap, the nightly cycle didn't run. Okay, yeah. But, yeah. oh well. Yeah, yeah. Because I guess if you're watching the the web interface, it's just like, well, green across the board. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. yeah that's green. Occasionally stuff is going green and then turning, you know, whatever. I feel like that's a danger of da- dashboards or is that we believe them and they are only ever, a, you know, still only ever a representation of the world, but not the world itself. <laughs> That's surprisingly relevant to uh, a lot of what I do, uh, a lot of what my teams currently uh, do is is um, we provide uh, internal visibility with dashboards to the various other teams uh, to check on. You know, a lot of it is job status and you know uh, and things like that, but also well, yes, a Kanban board is also only a representation <laughs> of the world and not the world itself. <laughs> So, yes. yeah, or or a scrum board, or yeah. yeah, all of that. Yeah, it's green across the board, boss. <laughs> yeah, like okay, you know, we we, we our, our velocity went up by ten points. Like, okay, did you actually? It, 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 is that good? Did you give us more code? Did you give us better code? Is there something I can I can show the stakeholders? Yeah. Um, any parting thoughts? Computers are deterministic, except when they're not. Except when they're not. Yes. <laughs> Yes, goodness, that is becoming an emerging theme of this podcast. Well, yeah. Where can people find you online? M- most L E D I V A. Um, it most places. Uh, I am that, um, or something close to that. I'm mostly on like I split my time kind of mostly between Blue Sky and and um, Mastodon. I feel like that's what we're all, or at least that's definitely what I'm doing too. And I like have different conversations in 
each place, but I'm like starting to have good conversations in both places, which Yeah, it's it's interesting. There's definitely different audiences and different sort of um different communities. Julia, this has been really lovely. Thank you so much for sharing uh your story with us. Um and uh yeah, this has been the War Stories podcast on Critical Point. I'm Kevin Riggle. This is Julia Lunetta. Uh Thank you so much for listening, folks, watching, and we will see you next time. Bye. Thank you all so much for watching and listening. You hear it a lot if you're watching this on YouTube, but if you are, please like the episode and subscribe down below. It really does help more people like you who enjoy content like this to find out about it. And also, there is another episode I'm really excited about. A good friend of mine from way back who has an incident to tell us about from his time at Twitter. Uh, I spent months trying to get him on the podcast. We finally made it happen. I'm super excited to bring uh, him and his story to you. Uh, there's not a lot of hot gossip in the episode, but just a little hot gossip in the episode. So uh, get subscribed and you won't miss it. Uh, if you've encountered a truly incredible hack in the wild, like the one that Julia tripped over, uh, tell me about it in the comments. And if you're watching this on YouTube, but you'd also like to listen to the audio version of the podcast, we're now available on all the major podcast platforms. You can find links as well as full edited transcripts at warstories.criticalpoint.tv. And if you aren't watching this on YouTube, you're missing out because I'm starting to post outtakes as well as exclusive YouTube-only videos on the Critical Point channel. So maybe check out the channel and get subscribed there too. Um, if you have an incident story you'd like to tell, please email us at hello at complexsystems.group. And I know I say it every time, but every time it really is true, uh, that goes, especially if you aren't a cis white dude like me, because, you know, obviously, uh, <laughs> Julia here, uh, people who aren't cis white dudes have great stories to tell. Uh, and I know I'm asking for a favor when I say that I particularly ask you to reach out, but do I, please reach out. Um, I want to hear from you. Intro and outro music is Senpai Funk by Paul T. Starr. You can find me on Twitter as at Kevin Riggle, on Mastodon at Kevin Riggle at IOC.exchange, and I've added Blue Sky at KevinRiggle.bsky.social. My consulting company, Complex Systems Group, is on the web at complexsystems.group. And with that, folks, till next time. Mm -hmm.